Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hi there, Dean Royals here, Chief Executive of the NHS Employers Organisation. As we approach the start of a new financial year, it's clear there are three big contextual issues facing the NHS. We have got an increasing financial challenge that takes us into the next year. We've also got the recent uh, publication of the government's response to the Francis report, and that's certainly going to have a big organisation development impact on uh, HR departments. But the other thing that we've got, I think, is the rise and rise of social media. And it's clear that we're coming to a tipping point and more and more organisations are wanting to take advantage of social media. So I thought it would be useful in this um, podcast just to highlight what I think of the five big myths that we need to slay so that we can move forward on using social media to engage our staff more. So here are those myths. The first is that organisations say to me that they don't do it because they don't think it can be effective when all staff don't have access to IT equipment. And I guess intuitively that makes sense. You only have to walk around a a hospital to see that staff work shifts, that they have lots of personal contact with patients, and that they all don't have a PC. And that's even more obvious when you look in our community settings and see people that are spending their time uh, on the road uh, or out in uh, community clinics. But here's the rub around it. Loads of those staff do have smartphones and iPads and iPods that they carry with them. And most of them will have PCs at home. And the vast majority of those will be connected to the internet. Many of them will be downloading TV programs and podcasts, perhaps even podcasts like this, and also local newspapers and national newspapers. So why can't they download your letter? It's estimated that something like 47% of the British public are on Facebook, and we've got millions of Twitter accounts. People are already engaging with social media, with their family, with their friends, and with their colleagues. And also patient groups are engaging in this medium too, as are trade trade unions. Um, Many trusts are also sort of putting the toe in the water here. So why not you? Recognise that staff have got access to some of the equipment that will help them do this and just start to take advantage. So number two, our IT department have blocked access to the internet for personal use. They've got some concerns about security and confidentiality. And again, at first glance, that's a genuine concern, isn't it? We have to give patients confidence that we can keep their personal details secure and likewise for our staff. But again, lots of organisations are using social media. So isn't the question not to stop people using it, but sort out the security? If some NHS trusts can allow staff access to Facebook and Twitter accounts, and organisations like the NHS Commissioning Board, soon to be NHS England, allow staff to access Twitter, then why not you? If they can solve the security problems, why can't all of us? Other organisations will argue that they're a bit concerned about staff abusing the internet in that way. Well, again, you can put some rules in around about how people can use it sensibly, but banning staff from using the internet isn't going to stop them from uh, taking advantage. If someone wants to take a bit of time off work, they don't have to use the internet. All they need to do is bring a book into work and find a quiet corner. So if that's your worry, let me suggest to you that it's not the internet security that's your main problem. So number three. We've decided not to use social media until we see some good return on investment data. We want to see the ROI case. And again, I can understand why people would say that. But you know what? I've never seen a business case or a return on investment analysis for staff using telephones, uh, for newsletters, 
for attending meetings, for team briefs and staff conferences. We do all those things because we know it makes sense to use all the media and opportunities available to communicate effectively with our staff, to speak to them and listen to what they've got to say. Social media isn't a new thing to do, it's a new way of doing a familiar thing, so get engaged with it now. Number four, we'd like to use social media but it's far too risky. What about all those stories about staff posting inappropriate pictures? What if something is taken out of context when someone puts something on Twitter? Sure, I understand that. But remind me again, what stories? There are millions of people on Facebook and millions more on Twitter. Uh, Twitter was seven years old uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I know that there's been some cases and issues about uh, this. But, you know, I can't remember now where they were or when they were. Given the millions of interventions that there are, this isn't a real problem. It will happen from time to time, but I'd suggest to you that the local newspaper is more likely to carry inappropriate stories than you'd find on social media. So again, you know, put some rules around this, but if you look at social media, you'll find that staff are engaging with debates around compassion, around Francis, around regulation, around staffing levels, pay and pensions. But it's overwhelmingly positive, and where there are criticisms, it's generally constructive and often thoughtful even if at times it might be uncomfortable. I've also found Twitter to be a very forgiving media. So all the advantages and the positives far outweigh the downsides in my view. I'm guessing something like a thousand to one. And professional bodies have recognized this too. So organizations like the Royal College of GPs, the General Medical Council, and the Nursing Midwifery Council have all produced guidance to help staff use social media wisely and well. So don't let those minimal risks, albeit real, put you off the huge benefits that would be available to you in engaging with this media. And finally, number five, and here's one that I hear quite often. People say to me, I haven't got time to use social media. No one's interested in what I'm saying. and I'm far too busy doing the day job. Now, in my view, this is a common misunderstanding of social media. Social media is not about doing something additional. It's about doing what you already do, but better. And when you look at it this way, you'll see that there's a great advantage in listening to what people say rather than worrying about broadcasting what it is that you're doing. I found that Twitter is a really effective way to find out views, opinions and the mood of the service. Many on social media are also fantastic resource investigators who edit and analyse topical issues and present them in an easy to read way. Effectively, they're doing my research for me. And I find that using Twitter and LinkedIn in this way actually saves me time. So if you haven't already done so, let me just encourage you to dip your toe in, sign up to something like Twitter, and have a listen. See for yourself. It's the future, I promise. My name's Dean Royals. Thanks for listening to that podcast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, then please do. You can get me at nhse underscore dean. I look forward to connecting with you.